Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Phoenix Suns overhauled their roster this offseason. Will their stars and scrub approach pay off? Also, just how good are these Baltimore Orioles? And why the Angels must trade Shohei Otani before the deadline. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We know how the Phoenix Suns got Kevin Durant. They paid a king's ransom. We know how they got Bradley Beal for a song. He wanted to go there and had a no trade clause. But then they put together a, a deeper bench than they had last year with precisely no money. So how did they do that? Brendan Clean from Locked On Suns joins me now to try and explain this. Brendan, this was a team that was so star heavy last year. It's going to be star heavy again this year, but somehow managed to fill out their bench in a much more impressive way. How did they do it? Willingness to spend, I think, is a huge part, and, and that's come in a variety of ways. You know, obviously, with the two trades that you referenced, that was obvious. Kevin Durant deal happened before the new rules came down under the collective bargaining agreement, so I think that sort of dug them the hole that they're in. And then, as Brian Windhorst of ESPN kind of popularized the phrase of just exploding through these new rules, that sort of ended up being their best pathway, provided that the ownership was willing to pay there. So they go get Bradley Beal, that exceeds their their tax payment even more. And then, you know, some some maybe not sexy, but but probably important stuff regarding how they've gotten these second round picks that allows them to to dump this player onto another team and that player. And then, you know, some minimum contracts where they give guys two years, whereas other teams only give them one and the league doesn't subsidize that. So you're paying even more there. Like they have really maximized a lot of the little loopholes and 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 what was available to them, which was very little, just by way of saying, you know, forget how forget what the number is before the word million. We're totally good with that. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I guess you could say this is a deeper team. This is a more balanced team than maybe what they had by game six when they got blown out by the Denver Nuggets in this past year's second round. But a lot of unproven players and then even the, the the best guys haven't played a ton together. So still a lot of questions. You said you, you guess you could say that. Would you, would you quibble? Would you, do you think this team is not as deep as it was last year? I think it's deeper than it was last year. I think it's, it's better than it was last year on paper. I think um, it just maybe doesn't fit so perfectly stack it up this position, that position, mm. you know, build a depth chart the way that all of our little fan brains kind of are used to doing right it's it's a different type of team it's more of a modern nba team in the mold of the celtics or the heat that doesn't have a quote-unquote point guard it is a team that yes has some bench i think getting eric gordon was was my personal favorite signing of the offseason just because there is some stability and sort of you know what you're getting there as much as i do love the the signings that they got in terms of value in terms of fit a lot of those other things defensive intensity and upside and versatility a lot of the guys that they were able to go out and get part of why they're so interesting is that they're young players they're unproven players they're coming from rebuilding and tanking teams guys that did really great things in those environments but you never can just sort of assume that that will be the case on their next team especially if that team is competing for a championship as the suns are 
You mentioned new owner Matt Ishbia and his willingness to spend on this roster. With the new CBA rules, the aprons, first apron, second apron, there's the hard cap that can still be triggered under certain kinds of mechanisms. We don't have to get too heavy into the Excel spreadsheet of it all, but it does seem like they're taking this approach of like, well, these are only penalties if you treat them as penalties. So let's just do it. What do you make of that approach? Yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting seven years from now. <laughs> that could have been right? enough. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be interesting seven years from now. Maybe I will not be uh, uh, so beholden to the every whim and move uh, by then. Well, we don't know where lives will take us, but uh, hey, I, I don't know. I, th- I think the reality here is to return to that Durant trade, and, and, and maybe there's a version of this where if that doesn't get done, they still go bonkers this summer. But I do think, again, that that hole was dug for them before knowing there was a shovel in their hand, right? Like, they they couldn't have foreseen what blowing uh, through the first level of luxury tax and under the old rules was going to leave them with now that those rules have been intensified and, 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 and the punishments have gotten even more harsh. I do think, though, again, in terms of some of these loopholes and the way that they're approaching this whole thing by getting Beal and, and solidifying their standing there, there were some ways they could have gotten out from under this. Let's not ignore that, but the Beal trade really did them in. It doesn't go into effect until next offseason, so you've seen them continue to be aggressive when it comes to certain pick stuff that won't be allowed in the future. Um, Trade exceptions, they've gotten a couple of those with these deals that they will continue to be able to utilize up to the trade deadline and everything. That's not going to be available to them starting next offseason. So they're blowing through the current rules. They're trying to maximize what's able uh, available to them before the next rules go in. And it's all just sort of this mad dash and chase of, I mean, look, the championship that this franchise has never won. So I'm sure a lot of fans here, I know a lot of fans here, it's all gravy. They're 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 cool with it if it if it ends up with that that trophy and those rings. Stay up to date all year on the Phoenix Suns by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Suns on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, where did the Baltimore Orioles come from exactly? Before we get to why they are legitimate playoff contenders, Saquon Barkley has a decision to make. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets back up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the point total to who you think is going to hit the first home run. The St. Louis Cardinals are in the middle of their longest winning streak of the season. Enter Marcus Stroman and the Chicago Cubs. Cubs and Cards kick off a four-game series at Wrigley Field on Thursday night, and FanDuel likes the Cubbies to snap the card streak. They are minus 124 on the money line. Of course, you can also combine multiple prop bets in a single game for a bigger payout with FanDuel's same-game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. New York is the city that never sleeps. And right now, New York Giants management may not be getting a lot of rest because their star running back said he would consider sitting out 
Saquon Barkley said on a recent podcast appearance, his leverage in contract negotiations is to prove his worth by not playing. Basically, you guys will see when I don't play how good I am. Barkley has yet to sign the $10 million tender for the franchise tag, which means he cannot be fined for missing training camp, which begins for Giants veterans on July 25th. The two-time Pro Bowler would lose money only if he misses regular season games because you have to forfeit the game check, a possibility he acknowledged he's considered. The last player to try something like this was a running back. It was Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh in 2018. It didn't go great for Le'Veon, and he admitted after the fact he made a mistake leaving Pittsburgh. Colorado coach Deion Sanders will not attend Pac-12 Media Day because of a routine follow-up procedure on his foot scheduled for Thursday. We don't usually have coaches on the injury report, but he is a former player after all. Coach Prime posted a video on Instagram with what appeared to be a physician who confirmed the Hall of Fame cornerback is going to have a couple of surgeries on Thursday to remove another blood clot in his right leg. Doctors also will straighten out two of Sanders' toes. It sounds really painful. And you know it has to be serious if he's missing an opportunity to talk to the media. On the diamond, it is confirmed the Texas Rangers are really good at baseball. They swept the Tampa Bay Rays. What an incredible game. The Rangers win 5-1, complete the sweep of the Rays in one of the most action-packed games for the Texas Rangers this season. I'm Bryce Patrick, host of the Locked On Rangers podcast. This was a huge win for the Rangers. They had John Gray on the hill who left after four to third innings after taking a scary 112-mile-an-hour liner off his leg. Thankfully, x-rays were negative there, but the Rangers were clinging to a one-run lead and in comes Brock Burke for two fantastic innings work. And then on comes Alex Spees to make his Major League debut gets a strike him out throw him out double play what a way to enter strikes out three in an inning and two-thirds and makes randy rosarena look absolutely foolish losing his bat with one of his strikeouts there big home run for leo Tavares. give the rangers a lead another rbi for him and then a three-run bomb by jonah heim to give the insurance runs late on massive win for the rangers hoping that adolis garcia is okay after he left the game with injury as well The St. Louis Cardinals are on their longest winning streak of the season after sweeping the Miami Marlins. The Cardinals continue to roll, sweeping the Miami Marlins. Hey, it's J.D. from Locked on Cardinals. And on Wednesday, the boys had the task of trying to beat the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner and former Cardinal Sandy Alcantara. Challenge accepted. They played four in the first inning with two outs on an RBI single by Nolan Arenado and then a three-run blast by the other Nolan, Nolan Gorman, who's just been on fire recently. They take a 4 to nothing lead. The Fish cut that score to 4-2 to two against starter Dakota Hudson, but that was as close as they would get in this one as the Birds scored two more in the seventh inning and hung on to win this one 6-4 to four and get the three-game sweep of Miami. That's now five straight wins and eight out of their last 10 heading into Chicago to face the Cubs in a four-game set. The team is enjoying one of their best stretches of baseball all season. The problem is it might be too little too late. For the latest updates and info, be sure to keep it locked on Cardinals. And the Red Sox, ugh, they scuffled against the Oakland A's. Not really a whole lot to say about today at all. I'm like incredibly frustrated. I mean, that was one of Bayo's worst starts of the season. He was due for an outing like that, but I mean, come on, like it's Oakland. Like he clearly doesn't like day games because his stats are significantly worse in day games than when he pitches at night. Um, So I definitely expected a bounce back today. After last night, I was like, whatever, you lost a game against Oakland. It's not ideal, but it sucks. So let's just bounce back. 
And I really thought that they were going to show up and win today. And Oakland gave them so many chances, too, with all those errors. But it wasn't enough. Alex Verdugo needs to wake back up. I'm not sure what's been going on with him. But he's in a really, really big slump right now. So that needs to change. Hopefully, the Red Sox can take the off day to just kind of get back into it and then bounce back against the Mets at Fenway this weekend. Here is another story you need to know. In 2022, the Baltimore Orioles finished four games over 500 in fourth place in the AL East. After an impressive 8-5 win over the LA Dodgers, they now sit in first place in the AL East, 21 games over 500. Joining me now from Locked on Orioles, Connor Newcomb. And and Connor, this is a, a team now with four All-Stars this season and even more young talent who look like they could be all-stars in the future. One of those guys got his first home run off a lefty tonight. So how have they done this? How have they put together this roster and, and been able to create this internal and external growth? Yeah, it's been, you know, uh, first of all, a great job by, by Mike Elias. I mean, coming in and, and, and the plan took a while. You know, there was a lot of losing, like a lot of losing, <laughs> but it's turned into a lot of winning. They've got the best record in the American League, and it's building from within through the draft. They've done amazing. I mean, you look up and down their lineup from Tuesday night, and, and they had four picks who were taken by Mike Elias in the last couple of drafts with either their first or second overall pick in each of the draft. That was four of their nine hitters. They've hit well on the waiver wire. They've made a couple of trades, and they just have these young hitters. And as you mentioned, They've got all this talent, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, Colton Kowser, Jordan Westberg. They're not done bringing guys up to the major leagues. And so if somebody gets hurt, if somebody's struggling, they got somebody there ready to kind of backfill. And that depth has really allowed them to not hit long losing streaks and just have the success this year. Yeah, I was looking at the stats. They have five guys with, with wars over two, which at this point in the season, pretty, pretty good uh, when it comes to uh, trying to be a contender in the American League. And, and right now, that is what they are. For whatever questions you have about their playoff readiness, when you're in first place, uh, no one gets to ask those questions. Yeah, okay. especially when you're in first place in July as well. I mean, you know, first place in April, first place in May, and that's a, that's fun. We're past the all-star break here in the Orioles in first place. I think just fans and media members seeing them in first place when, you know, they, they wake up on Thursday, I think might flip a switch for some people as well. And it, it's silly kind of, but it also, I think, helps the outlook for the Orioles. So what I was going to say is even though you can't question this team, I'm going to I'm going to question them a little bit. Um, <laughs> what is what is going to hold them back? What would be your concern about holding on to this lead and then their their ability to perform in fall? Because we know playoff baseball is a different animal. Yeah, two things. The first is starting pitching. Um, they've got a lot of solid three or four or five starters. They do not have a number one or number two starter. John Means is going to come back in September. He's coming off Tommy John. He hasn't pitched since last April. You cannot ask him to be the guy he was before he got that Tommy John surgery. So the O's are probably going to have to make a trade. And if they don't, it's going to be pins and needles for the pitching staff. The other thing is, despite all the talent, I mean, none of these guys have ever played in the playoffs. Yeah. So you got all these guys first, second, third year in the big leagues. No matter how well you do from April through September, October is different. And it'll be really interesting to see how they rise or you know potentially crumble in that moment. There is a school of thought that says when you're a young team, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know enough to be scared. You don't have the scars of playoff failures. And so you don't feel that same sort of pressure. Um, when you look at this team, do you think they're more likely to fall in that category 
or would you lean more toward, yeah, I don't know? I would say they're in the they don't know what they don't know because to be honest with you, watching this team all season, seeing them start to come together in 2022, the best word I can use to describe some of these young guys is they're just silly. Like they are <laughs> silly in the dugout. They are all friends yeah. with each other. The celebrations are silly. They've got the Homer hose. They've, you know, they're spraying the fans with water in the outfield. They're doing the sprinkler on second base. They are loose. It does not matter whether they're, you know, five games back or they're tied for first place. They are going to stay loose. I don't think this team is going to win the World Series this year. I just think they're a couple pieces away from doing that. But they could get pretty far. They could get to the ALCS because they really don't know any better. And I don't think they feel any pressure at all. Meanwhile, you got a raised team that's, you know, losing and losing and losing and starting to feel that pressure. Yankees are feeling all the pressure in the world. Blue Jays have the pressure of an entire country. I don't think the Orioles feel that right now. I think that's might be why they're in first. Stay up to date all year on the Baltimore Orioles by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Orioles on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Angels have to trade Shohei Otani before this year's deadline. Shohei Otani has yet to sign a contract extension with the LA Angels. Regardless of how LA could sneak into the playoffs, they must make a prudent decision about Otani. At least according to Locked On MLB host, Sully. The Angels have to do one of two things because the third option is disastrous. The first option is they have to find out what Otani's number is. As the great comedian Jackie mm-hmm. Cation say, we've all got a number. What's the number? Tell me what the number is. What's the number that will have you sign right now and you'll stay in Anaheim your great-grandkids can go to law school. Everything is taken care of. And if they say there is no number, we're going to go to free agency, then you have to trade him right now, like to the point where he's already made his last pitching appearance as an angel. Because the closer you get to the deadline, the more risk you have that he may get hurt and the more risk you have that uh, you know, a deal could fall apart. Because either they have to re-sign him long-term right now or get something in return because if he doesn't sign long-term right now and he hits free agency, there's a better chance that I'm on the angels than Shohei Otani is next year. I love Sully. He's my guy. He's dead wrong about this. When you have a generational superstar and not just a generational superstar, it's not hyperbole to talk about Shohei in the hallowed halls of all time. Greats. What he is doing We just have not seen in modern baseball history. This doesn't happen. To be one of the best pitchers in the American League and one of the best hitters full stop in baseball. It just doesn't happen. And you have him. He's your guy. This is not about trying to find assets. My favorite My favorite. Oh, the assets could be anything. They could even be half as freaking good as Shohei Otani. And guess what? Probably not. They probably just won't be anywhere near as good as Shohei. Just keep that guy. The generational, historic, once-in-a-century superstar that is already on your team. If you play in a big market especially, But anyone, if you ever have a player like Shohei Otani, you move heaven and earth to keep him on your roster, even if you're not competing 
pay him the half a billion dollars. It is worth it. And finally, the Brooklyn Nets and Cleveland Cavaliers will play a regular season game in Paris next season. No Victor Wembanyama does not play for either team. This will be the NBA's third regular season game in the French capital, and it's going to be played January 11th, 2024. This is the Cavs' third game overseas, their first in Europe. They played in China back in 2007 and Brazil in 2015. This is going to be the Nets' first overseas game since they played an exhibition in Paris in 2008. And it, it makes sense. Cleveland is the Paris of the Midwest. Well, the Paris of Ohio. All right, the Paris of Northern Ohio, for sure. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what has led to the Atlanta Braves' dominant season? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.